The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. All right, I'd like to call to order the regular meeting of the NFP Review Board for Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Jamie, can you please um, do a roll call? Yes, Colwick. Fuller? Here. Glasser? Here. Leto? Here. Martin? Here. Sylvester? Here. Can I have a motion to excuse absent member Colwick? So moved. Support. Any opposed? All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Um, item C is adoption of the agenda or tonight. Are there any changes, um, suggested changes to the agenda as it stands here? No changes from staff. Okay. Nothing from board? All right, can I entertain a motion to uh, adopt the agenda as presented? I'll motion. I'll second. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay, motion carries, agenda is adopted. Next item D on the agenda is approval of the meeting minutes from November 22nd, 2022 NFB Review Board meeting. Mm -hmm. Can I entertain a motion to approve these minutes from November 2023? Uh, Rather, November 22nd, 2022. I move approval as submitted. Support. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. Minutes from uh, November meeting are approved. Um, okay, now we'll move to item E, um, general citizen comments. So this is a comment period for um, any citizens who would like to make comments about NFP in general, um, any general comments or questions, we will have a, a separate period to respond to the applicant, uh, let's see, item G, uh, new business, 3921 Oakland Drive. So we'll have a separate time period for that. Are there any um, citizens present here that would like to speak about general NFP items? Okay, we have any comments from the phone about um, general items? No callers at this time. Okay, thank you. All right, any comments from the directors at this time? Item F on the agenda. I just have a general comment. Um, would it be possible on the website to post minutes separately from the agendas? I know they're posted as part of the packet, but because we don't meet every month, it makes it hard to find minutes. Yes, we I speak will, from personal experience. <laughs> we will work on getting those posted. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. 
All right, any other general comments from the board? All right, hearing none, we'll move to uh, item G on the agenda, which is new business. So first order of business today is the uh, approval of the NFP site plan application for the construction phase of project load located at 3921 Oakland Drive. Um, is there a presentation uh, from our developer here today? We can, but I can't tell if it's on either. Maybe a little bit closer to the mic, see if that helps. No, I don't think, I don't think it's on. Sounds like it might not be on. If you could give us just one second, I know folks who are streaming the meeting won't be able to hear you very well. Okay, try it now. Testing, testing. Look at that. I had that. the power the whole time. I was just uh -huh. trying to build um, tension here. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, so uh, my name is Tim Stewart. I'm with Hurley and Stewart Engineers, uh, representing our project team for the Kalamazoo Country Club. I want to introduce our um, team members that are here today. We have uh, John Fulling from the Kalamazoo Country Club, who's going to get up and speak as well, and then we have uh, J.J. Hen from the uh, ownership group. We have Todd McDonald from, the, uh, from CSM, the construction management uh, team, and then um, Eric Barkovich, who's uh, uh, our design engineer from, uh, from my office, uh, Hurley and Stewart. Um, so what we want to do today is just give you kind of a brief overview of where we are with the project since we haven't spoken with you in probably seven, eight months or so. So I've got a, a PowerPoint presentation that'll give you just a, a kind of a brief overview again, get you up to speed. And then um, we've got different elements that pretty much coincide with the review that Janie put together. And, and so we're trying to focus on uh, the items of, uh, that you're, you need to review today. So let's go to the next slide. So again, just to bring you up to speed, um, what you'll see on the screen, this is the entire um, the, the green and the blue are the, the two areas owned by the Kalamazoo Country Club. And uh, the portion to the north is, is the existing course, and we're labeling that as a future phase. There are plans to improve that, to modify it, um, but that's not what we're looking at today, not what we've submitted our site plan for. The, the lower portion, the former Lakeside School, um, the, the kind of light blue, that's the current phase that we want to focus on here today. Uh, so next slide. Uh, so just to give you a development summary of what is proposed here for the, the former Lakeside property, um, we have uh, three buildings, uh, approximately an 87,000 square foot clubhouse, uh, 21,000 square foot golf performance center, and a uh, almost 35,000 square foot indoor tennis facility. And then on this property as well, we'll have an 11 hole teaching course, so kind of a short par three and um, other on-site amenities such as pools, um, gyms, um, playground. We are reusing the existing gym from the Lakeside School that's kind of in the lower area, more west on the site. Um, but uh, um, we've come a long way in terms of the development and what we've looked at over um, with you months ago. Uh, so next slide. So today we wanna address um, the NFP review um, measures per, per your ordinance, chapter 50, 
Um, and, and I've kind of broken this down. So on the left, you see phase three, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about today uh, plant selection and landscaping, uh, water res resources and riparian buffer, uh, wetlands and stormwater management. Now, if you remember, we came back, or we came to you in April, May, whenever that was, and we already um, gained approval for trees and woodland removals and um, slopes and grading, and then we also received a variance um, from the ZBA for those. Those, we, we are in full conformance or compliance, whatever, we're meeting those requirements uh, of your previous approval. So I'm not gonna dwell on those too much today, but we can certainly talk about them if you like to. So next slide. So first I wanna um, touch on the landscaping and the, uh, the plant selection. So I'm gonna turn it over to John Fulling from the Country Club, because he is the grounds guru and can talk more specifically. John? Tim, thank you, and uh, hi again, I'm John Fulling. It's been uh, a few times now, it's good. Um, but as Tim said, yeah, a lot of progress since the last time uh, we've met. And on both landscaping and trees and native plantings, uh, uh, we're finding that uh, uh, really making some remarkable uh, progress. Uh, on landscaping first, um, so our goal the whole time, not just you know this time, but the whole time has been to focus on predominantly native species. And uh, so what we've done, uh, just to let you know, we've gotten our uh, designs from the landscape architects, uh, some in the state, some out of state, but we've taken, and now we're working with our uh, landscape consultant here in, in, in uh, West Michigan, Todd Bruner, uh, who is, we've, we've looked at all the designs, changing the plant materials to uh, more native species, local, local provenance. Todd is helping us by going out sourcing uh, the plant uh, uh, species for all the landscaping uh, and the trees, frankly, um, so that we can, uh, uh, again, have either almost all native uh, species in our landscape areas or, or, or uh, adaptive species uh, for sure. And, and, and that's, been our, that's been our approach. So we will have formalized landscaping, certainly around the buildings, but that's about where it ends. And so uh, for the rest of the property, uh, we're keeping with a much more native, simple, uh, you'll see in a second here, the woodland uh, uh, planting uh, scope, things like that, and everywhere else, simple. Um, Multiple varieties, uh, not uh, you know one one specific or or, or uh, too many of one variety to to reduce the likelihood of disease or pest or you know things like that. Uh, so really, uh, it's been it's been fun to do and 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 uh, sourcing. It's, it's a big project, so there's a lot of sourcing going on. But uh, but it, it's uh, it's been great. So we are working on that. Next slide. Yeah. So the woodlands. Um, you remember last time we had a, a uh, we said we would, we would uh, reforest uh, at least four and a half acres, right? A forest and a couple, or two and a half acres of native grasslands. So uh, in getting the final design from our uh, golf course architect, uh, Andrew Green, we're able to actually go back in now and I, you know, counted every last uh, uh, tree and spot that we're gonna uh, reforest on this property. And so from, from a tree standpoint, we're looking uh, at 6.9. I think we promised four and a half. Uh, it is 6.9 and it is really 6.9 uh, that we've got. And we, we actually have our, our uh, map mapped out every, uh, uh, every tree, not every specific tree in every specific spot, but uh, we, we have a tree for every square inch of that, of those acres uh, that are going in based on a list that you'll see here in a minute. But, and then also grassland, I think we had two and a half acres that we promised and we were at 3.4 uh, on that. We're also, uh, again, still working with, with our wildlife uh, biologist um, to source and uh, plant all of those, uh, the native grasses in those yellow areas that you see there. 
So uh, here is our, I think it was maybe in the package, but uh, our species. So this is a, this is a dry southern uh, Mesic, uh, Michigan, southwest Michigan uh, forest. This uh, list of both overstory and understory trees came from uh, Michigan State working with Jeff Ling, our arborist, to develop this. Um, and this is specific to our area. We're going to, uh, we're right now, Todd is helping us to source all of these locally. Um, we can't tell you exactly how much of everyone, but our goal is to put every tree into this system because that's what the system is. But it'll depend on, again, a year or two years out, it'll depend on what's available, how big, we're gonna, you know, our, our, our plan is to all of the overstory trees uh, in the 6.9 to plant B&B and burlap one to three inch. Uh, and then uh, in a phase, we wouldn't do the understory stuff for probably a year or two after that, right? Because those, they need the structure of the overstory in order to, to thrive uh, for the understory uh, materials. And so we're gonna put that in uh, at a, at a uh, rate of two to three. So if there's 420 trees, they'll be in the eight to 1200 uh, of the understory plants. And that's what we're planning on now. So that is the, the list of species that we're planning on putting in. Should be next. That's it. All right. Any questions for me at all? Okay. Thanks. All right, so let me go on, just cover a couple other um, aspects of the project. So in terms of, uh, and, and as John mentioned, we've submitted a ton of information with our site plan. I think we had a 140 page set of drawings and supplementary information, drainage calculations. and So we're definitely gonna be open to any questions you have on, on that material. So we're just kind of hitting the highlights here. Um, in terms of the water resources and the riparian buffer, um, regarding uh, around the lake and then the 20-foot foot buffer both around the lake and the wetlands. Um, we have been very sensitive to that. Um, we understand that the, from the ordinance standpoint, there is um, a maximum of 20% of uh, semi-pervious cover that would be allowed within that buffer. We're not even close to that at all. Um, we, um, as part of the site plans, there was a plan, a landscape plan that showed a boardwalk extending down to the lake's edge. That actually has gone away since we've submitted the drawing. So on the final set of drawings, that won't be there at all. And there was some landscaping planted at the lake's edge. And again, that, that oops, that's gonna go away as well. Um, so I, I think the significance of this is that we have no building, no walls, no new improvements at all within 120 feet of the lake. So we're really trying to stay away from that big slope going down to the lake and the lake's edge. Um, and then we don't have any infrastructure, no roads, no storm sewer, no, no infrastructure at all related uh, to the development within 75 feet of the wetlands. So we, we really uh, tried to honor those buffer requirements and we, we appreciate that that's important. Um, next slide, please. The other um, thing I wanna just touch on that is probably new to you um, is uh, we are moving forward with a lake source geo um, heat exchange system. And uh, there's a lot of details um, uh, that have been submitted to the city as well. The highlights of that is this is a closed loop system. It'll be pumped, pumped from the clubhouse down to the lake. We've surveyed the lake itself, identified the temperature changes. Um, especially even in the, in the late um, summer, and it was down to, I think, 43 degrees down at the bottom of the lake. So we are um, planning on utilizing that lake, um, providing a much more efficient system than a traditional um, uh, a w a well bore system in, in, the, um, uh, in the golf course or in the, in the property surrounding the clubhouse, and uh, uh, realizing some significant carbon, um, uh, carbon footprint savings uh, and, and cost savings on an annual and recurring basis. Um, so let's go to the next slide. So this is just a, a diagram uh, kind of identifying how that's gonna work. Um, it, with, uh, this is a, a temperature gradient that you'll see and then we're gonna put the heat exchangers, which are really um, stainless steel uh, uh, water and uh, glycol supplied 
closed loop system. There's nothing in and out of the lake at all. This is completely closed. But that diagram kind of indicates what that's going to look like. And if you go to the next slide, here's a picture of those, un those units. Okay, next slide, please. Um, in terms of wetlands, uh, nothing's changed along uh, this route. There are, if you recall, there are a, a very small sliver of wetlands man-made from the existing lakeside school, about 0.17 acres. We applied months ago for uh, an eagle permit to um, eliminate those small wetlands, and we're, we've been working back and forth with eagle. Um, I listed the reference number there, so all things are uh, looking good in terms of our um, wetland permit. Um, and uh, that, that's moving forward. Next slide. Uh, so the last element that I wanted to touch on today is stormwater management. And we've been working hand in hand with uh, Eric Sitar from the city, met with him several times, had many emails going back and forth. But then we're also working with the state of Michigan for this system. Uh, since we are um, discharging to the wetlands to the southeast, um, the state has jurisdiction over that. And as you, you may know, if you do drainage calculations, the criteria for those differs. The, the criteria that the, state, that the state has is different than the criteria from the city. So we're balancing that, working with um, Eric, and, and, and then obviously that's a, a review um, exercise that uh, is necessary for our site plan approval. But basically, this map shows our drainage area, which is a, uh, just over 56 acres. The light blue represents um, the golf course and the driving areas, driving range areas um, north and south of our entrance drive. Um, you can see there's a good portion of the neighborhood to the north that does drain onto the property. We're accommodating and, and managing all the runoff from those areas as well. Um, and then if you go to the next slide, I just put this in here because you can see uh, there, that kind of royal blue uh, that's north of our circulation road. That is um, a retention area where we're going to really maximize infiltration um, since we have such good granular soils here and have some storage meet the requirements in terms of treatment and then in large storm events discharge to the wetlands but in small storm events everything would be kept in that retention <coughs> excuse me retention basin and infiltrated and I think that's it so yep, that, that kind of concludes an, an overview. Certainly uh, appreciate your attention and I'll be open to any questions you may have. Great, thank you. Um, I'm gonna start with questions from the board. Anybody wanna jump in? I have a couple just to start off. There was reference to a green roof in the plan set we saw. Is that, am I making that up? I don't know about that. Eric, do you know about that? Yeah, the, the green roof is still part of the plan. Um, it's, it's a partial green roof on the clubhouse and on the Gulf Performance Center. And um, from a stormwater perspective, we're not considering that fully pervious. Um, I think in conversation with Eric Sitar from the city, we were looking at that as still 75% impervious. Um, but again, that's just, I'm part of the clubhouse and I'm part of the Gulf Performance Center. Uh, that uh, a closed loop geothermal system, you showed us a rendering of a heat exchanger. Mm -hmm. Where's the final position of that heat exchanger when this system is finished? Yeah, it's, it, I've got a picture of that. Can I get you to go back a couple slides? Uh, one, one more. One, one more. Keep going one last slide. So if you can see that on the south, south or the bottom part of this picture is the clubhouse and the, and the development. Those big circles are the, are the lake and those are um, the actual elevations as it drops down. So there's a field, the lowest spot is, I think it's 40, 40 45 feet deep? 45 feet deep. And so we're gonna put those, and, and there's as many as, I think there's 14 or 15 of those um, heat exchange units. Um, that will be in the bottom of the lake on um, skis, essentially. And th this is uh, part of our EGLE permit. We've already applied for that. We've re been reviewing that with EGLE. Um, that was part of the delay on the wetland permit. Um, we, are, we have rolled that into one overall 
joint permit application with the geothermal, the wetlands, the stormwater. Um, so uh, we've been working closely with Derek Harrelson uh, from the state, met with him out there and uh, had conference calls um, over the last several months. So we're, this, this is a relatively new system in terms of the state. So there's a little bit of a learning curve as well, but we have some really good examples and, and uh, a really well thought through system, I believe. Just out of curiosity, does that system have the potential to change the temperature of the lake? We've looked at that. It, it has the potential to change it very min minuscule amount. Okay. We have a study that was part of the information that was um, supplied uh, to the city yeah. is uh, the, the potential to, to change the lake. But that's a big concern. We've done an environmental study as well, uh, ASTI environmental. There are subconsultants that have worked mm -hmm. on this project with us and they, they did a uh, kind of a, a lake uh, effects of the of the geo exchange system on the lake in terms of wildlife, riparian owners, mm -hmm. temperature, um, the vegetation, all that kind of stuff. And and I think those uh, that per, or, uh, excuse me report was also submitted to the city. Very cool. Thank you. There was a difference in the acreage amount of the woodland planting area from the plan set to the presentation tonight, it increased tonight, so we like that. Okay. But I wanna make sure that, so that 6.9 acres is the correct number. Yep. It says 5.4 on the yeah. uh, plan. Five, five, so so uh, we were guesstimating up until the point that we actually got the design from the architect and then once I got the actual golf course design from the architect, I could actually go back through then and overlay it on the Google Earth and actually map out every square inch, and, and um, it is 6.9. Okay. Yeah. I'll jump in and make a couple of comments. Um, Director Colwick couldn't be here tonight, but she typically comments on the rare species um, review items, and so just uh, looking through that, um, Things look good generally. I think the one thing that she commented on and that I'm um, seeing too is some questions around the, um, so it sounds like you, your Eagle wetland permit um, would be looking at discharge and infiltration in that southeast corner, just mm -hmm. north of the, of the drive. Um, and I think that's where the closest connection to the wetland is and the driveway mm -hmm. goes in between those two things. And um, in addition to the rare turtles that are, have been documented in this general area, there's also common unlisted turtles like painted turtles and things like that that would be using the lake. And on an annual basis, we'll go from open water to wetland to upland to complete their life cycle, lay eggs and things like that. So especially if you have things like sand traps in the uplands or retention basin, they're gonna be attracted to those kind of things. So um, I wonder if you could comment on, one question I had related to that was, how the discharge permit, if that was via uh, a pipe or like a culvert under the road or something like that. And then the other um, question was if you thought about uh, mitigation measures from uh, car mortality, since the driveway basically cuts those that connection between those habitats, either with signage or some kind of mm -hmm. mechanism. The first one, uh, the, the stormwater system does discharge to that wetland finger that kind of comes up from the southeast um, um, by using a pipe. Um, so I think there's a 48-inch pipe under our drive that discharges to, towards the wetland. However, it's not open. It's not a, just an end section sitting there. It discharges to a what we're calling an outlet structure, essentially a big concrete structure, and then we allow it to bubble up. Um, and, and then overflow essentially into the, the wetlands itself. So I don't know if you were going towards an, a route for turtles and other animals to follow, but I don't see them making that and, and getting in that structure and mm -hmm. working around. Yeah, um, I was gonna say, I think you, a couple, one strategy would be like a box culvert that would go under the road yeah. that would encourage them to not interface with the road at all. And I think, assuming that that's not the case, signage and just, you know, kind of a, a mindful speed limit as far as um, that goes. I've seen that yeah. case as well. To be honest, I don't think we've spent a lot of time on that yet. We have, we don't have provisions in there yet. Um, we could certainly e easily put signage up. The speed limit will be low. It'll probably 
less than 20. I don't think that's been officially set yet either. The design speed of the road is 25, so people should not be flying through there. Um, but uh, we don't yet have provisions for animal movement there. We do, just so you know, that we, we have we, we have a DNR permit that we've applied for, for the threatened and endangered species. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the turtles because it's really their habitat that we're, um, would need to be protected and, and that's not um, a mandated permittable thing. It's, uh, we will be, um, before we do any construction in that area during their active season, we'll be essentially shooing them along and, and doing an inspection. Um, but uh, there are some other um, potential grasses Small, a very small amount in the southwest corner that um, we're working with the DNR on right now to, to better understand if those were um, planted there um, on purpose um, or if they're naturally occurring. And uh, so we're working uh, closely with the DNR on that right now. Okay, great, thank you. Um, I have one more uh, kind of package of comments around the reforestation plan and uh, in general, I, I really appreciate the list. Um, I appreciate not seeing the, usually when you see something in parentheses, it means it's a cultivar. And I think just the, the straight species would be the most appropriate for a, a habitat restoration like you're proposing here. So um, definitely like that, it's a good looking list. Um, a couple things that I would comment on are, um, unless they're resistant varieties, white ashes are gonna be vulnerable to emerald ash borer. Um, that was on the list, so you might have a challenge finding that. Um, the other comment is that uh, we have uh, oak wilt disease that's kind of popping up around um, southern Michigan, and um, typically the white oak varieties, white oak, bur oak, swamp white oak, are more resistant to that, so um, maybe consider that. I saw black oak and red oak, and I think northern pin oak which are all in the more susceptible group, um, just as a point of consideration for um, how many are planted. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other comments are related to, to deer and reforestation. So we have a really high deer density um, in Kalamazoo, and so that could present some challenges for you for the reforestation effort. So I would encourage you to tube every tree that's below six feet if you haven't already um, considered that and give yourself some flexibility on the, um, on the shrubs, because many of those will never exceed the deer height. So things like uh, spice bush and pawpaw might not be exactly perfect for that system, but they'll be more deer resistant. Things like gooseberry that are on there that have thorns, maybe a little more resistant. Um, so yeah, so those are my comments around right, that. Thank you, absolutely right. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of plastic uh, for, the, for the first 10 years out there. It's a lot of deer. We've, we've lost a lot of trees over the years. Uh, so yeah, we're yeah, well aware, but you're, you're right. It has to be done because the deer will destroy a lot of trees. Okay, I figured you were thinking about it. It's a big yeah. investment, um, 6.9 acres. So I just thought I would um, throw that out there. And then the other thing is that uh, for all um, ball and burlap species, sometimes it can be hard to find uh, some of these species that you've listed here. So, um, you could consider bare root, which are yeah. generally more available for a lot of those native species. And even though they start smaller, um, they often have faster growth rates because the roots don't have to be cut off. And as long as they're tubed, they'll be protected in that yeah, way. You, yeah, that there's, yeah, between that and then the idea of really not being able to get in there and manage too much, you know, if it was, if it was right here, we'd be able to do that in a, in a three and a half acre area where you've got a tree every 30 feet out of center, you know, it's tough to, to but yes, I absolutely agree. So that, that's, we're going to start with B&B &B and we'll end up where, wherever we can end up to get what we need to get to get in there, for sure. And, and if we have to double, triple our bare root stuff, we'll do that, you know, to have a survivability. <coughs> Chair Leto, if I could make a comment too. Um, the NFP standards don't, they don't have a standard for like a replanting. And so I would say <clears throat> you do have that flexibility uh, as long as it's kind of in a, uh, a plan put together by a professional, whatever you know you think has better survivability, you do have that flexibility or whatever's gonna be easier to source. So um, I think for the staff, we were looking at sort of a, a base density of trees, more, more of a planting specification um, 
some specs, but not you know not tree by tree kind of level oh, yeah, of plan. I'll tell you exactly what I did uh, is uh, based the overstory on a 30 foot on center. You know, figure you're gonna have a 30, 40, 50 foot canopy. You know, if we put them in at 30, that might be a little bit of overkill, but you're probably gonna have, you know, some loss over, over time. Mm -hmm. So I thought 30 feet on center was pretty dense. That's great. Um, thanks very much. So one quick question, then I'll let other um, board members jump in. The a native grassland, the two and a half acres, um, is that shown in yellow here, or is that a different designation? It was looking like yellow. the impoundment area that you showed in blue was also what's showing up on some maps in yellow, so I wasn't sure. The, uh, the yellow, yes, the, the larger yellow areas are the native, and Steve Allen, our wildlife biologist, working, you know, this is Steve, but, working on, uh, again, sourcing all of that as well. And it won't, won't be all the same, right? Some we're gonna have areas where we can do this and others it'll have to be. But, uh, but yes, those areas in yellow are those areas. Okay, thanks for the clarification. Just because I have a question about the grassland areas too, there's not a plant list for that available yet, is that correct? We're, we're developing, uh, Steve is really developing that. We've got most of it. Um, it'll depend again on areas. So where we can go big, we'll go big out of the way. Where it's in play, we won't be able to. There'll be a kind of two. There'll be two different sets of of uh, species list for those areas. Really, a native native out of the way. Here's what we're never going to touch it. And maybe here's something that's uh, closer to in play areas that we people might be walking around in, but you know, it's okay for them to walk around in. Mm -hmm. Then there's the areas that we don't want that. And that area has, an incre has increased as well from what was required. Correct. Now 3.4 acres, it looks like. Yes. Great. Um, will there be a management plan or a forestry plan for the replanted areas? I guess I'm remembering, if I'm remembering correctly from our May meeting, there were quite a few invasive species on the property. And I think, at least myself, that was what I felt a little more comfortable with some of the extra removals because they were, there were a lot of invasive species. And so I'm excited to see the planting list, of, for a bigger planting area and a fully native planting list for the restoration area. But if there's not a management plan, it's just gonna turn back into no. invasive, so. No, we anticipate the management plan's gonna be pretty rigorous for 10 years uh, until the point that we can let it go. The ultimate, you know, the goal is to let it go and to never touch it again. Uh, but we're going to have to spend the first 10 years making sure that we don't have uh, anything invasive come in and, and making sure everything stays alive and, and we won't be able to bring large machinery in there obviously but but it, it'll have to be by hand yeah no no we, we know that and what's uh, in the golf world what we say we're going to spend a heck of a lot of money to make it look like we don't spend any money <laughs> so yeah, I, you, you might not be able to walk away after 10 years without well, maybe invasive not. species. But yeah. <laughs> it's an ongoing, it'll be an ongoing, but just knowing yeah. that you are planning once, to yeah. keep after Once everything is, you know, again, long, long, long term. Our, our goal was to jumpstart this by 50 years, right? So, I mean, eventually it would get to that list 150 years from now. Our goal is to jumpstart it by starting with that list. And, and but you do, you're right, you're going to have to manage because all that stuff's coming right back up. Nothing's been sterilized, clearly. Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll be in there taking it out. Um, what will be the, uh, I know you have a tree layer and a shrub layer. What's the ground cover layer in the, the reforested area? Uh, I think there were, there were a number of uh, different, oh Lord. We will be putting in ground cover for sure. Uh, last, likely. Um, and I don't even remember what, what they came up with. A bunch of different uh, uh, plant, I don't know, it's been a while since I've seen it. But yes, there will be ground cover. Has to be, because okay. it's all sand. Yeah. And it'll be a native ground cover, fully native, native in the reforested yep, area. Yeah, native, native ground cover uh, will also be, uh, uh, will also be uh, supplement the nutrient, all of the trees that we put in, right, because it's all sand. We'll, 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 it's, so again, manage, 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 
to make it look like we're not managing. But yeah, the goal again, when that thing's done, it looks like a forest floor. Yeah. All right, thank you. Any other comments from the board? Or questions? I have one more, I just feel like I'm monopolizing. Um, are you looking at any green certifications? I know there's a variety of green certifications for golf courses. Is that something you'd be considering? I know there are some yeah. requirements with those that might be helpful guide guidelines. Yes, so we actually have been, uh, we've already been a long, long time ago. I mean, Audubon certified um, and then we switched over to, I don't know if you're familiar with with Michigan, so the state has one Michigan Turfgrass Environmental Stewardship Program, uh, which we also have been certified in since 1999. Uh, we have just signed on also with Audubon to look at the signature uh, program, which for, uh, so regular Audubon sanctuary, cooperative sanctuary for golf courses, is for, a, for an existing golf course or an existing property, uh, their signature program is much more detailed, but that is for construction, building a new golf course. And so you build it in conjunction with the folks at Audubon. And so it, it, it takes everything into account from uh, obviously uh, wildlife plants, pollution prevention, uh, water resource, uh, all that. And, and so uh, working with them to build the golf course in such a way that it starts out as environmentally friendly as a golf course can possibly be. Uh, so yes, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. And we always and we always have been. People don't know that, but you know, we, we always have been. That's what we do. You know. <laughs> um, it's probably a question for Jamie. Just wanted to verify that the city has checked and they've met the minimum requirements for the native species. Is that right? Will you repeat that once more? Uh, has the city checked to make sure that they meet the minimum required for the native species? Yeah, so um, there are, the way the ordinance is written, um, the minimum planting requirements for any project in the city, right, there's a certain number of trees and shrubs that have to be planted along uh, a street front. Uh, there are certain counts that need to be in parking lots and then certain counts around the perimeter of the building. Uh, by my uh, calculations, that's about 1% of the total plantings that they have planned for this property, and that doesn't include the woodlands and grasslands. Um, so and it's meaning that it, about 1% would have to be Michigan native. Uh, everything that's being planted above and beyond, um, they provided the planting list for you all to take a look at. Um, and so that's for you to approve if you see species that um, would be harmful for the environment, then that's something that you can weigh in on and um, ask for a change. Uh, but the way the ordinance is written, it's uh, a species that, um, they can be non-native and non-invasive, but not be known to be you know, harmful to the environment. And it, excuse me, if I could add, we did I specifically identify the, the city required landscaping yeah. along the foundation and uh, in the parking lots is called out specifically separate from the other landscaping on our drawings too. So you may want to take a look at that in the uh, L sheets. Yeah, and, and we're married to nothing. If you see something on there that, that uh, we'll change it out. Yeah, happy to do it. No worries. I'll just follow up on uh, Jamie and Kyle's um, comments. Looking at the lakeside plantings and the woodland reforestation, that looks like a really, um, really great list the sort of uh, manicured plantings around some of the buildings and infrastructure, there were a lot of species there, so it was kind of hard to take it all in, and, and um, some of them I had heard of, different varieties I hadn't heard of before. Um, so we'll discuss amongst the board, but wondering if you'd be willing to take a second look um, at that list. There's um, quite a few that are um, not native, but potentially not invasive, but there are a number that are listed on um, we sort of uh, resolved to reference a, a Midwestern Invasive Species Information Network. Uh, MISIN is the long acronym for that. 
um, list as kind of our go-to since new invasive species are popping up all the time and we're not all as familiar with all of them and all of the plants used in the landscaping um, trade. So wondering if you'd be willing to um, go back and look at that list and either replace uh, the invasive species with native species or, or non-invasive, but just take kind of a, another good faith look at that yeah, no, list. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. In fact, that's, that's one of the things that Todd Bruner is helping us with. Again, you have the architects who are putting kind of this stuff together, some maybe not from the area, but he, he's one of those guys who's looking at going, yeah, no, no, yes, yes, no, let's change to this, change to this this is better, so we're absolutely doing it. And I will tell him, uh, and I'm sure he knows about that, but I will, I will remind him about that list and absolutely go through. Like I said, we're married to nothing uh, on that formalized uh, landscape plant list. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we're happy to put in, it's better for everybody, it's better for us. I mean, so, uh, no, happy to do it. Okay, thank you. Well, I have a few I, plants to eliminate. Does it make sense to read them into the minutes tonight or just have Jamie send an email? We'll probably want to read them into the record in the motion if you have some specific species. I would hope it wouldn't be super long, but <laughs> excellent. I think we can manage that. Yeah. Part of my hesitation with that is that there's a lot there, and I don't know if we've cross-referenced all of them. So maybe we could provide some examples um, pending, a, pending a full cross-reference of that. I don't know, did you have a count of how many were there? There's... I, I counted four that I definitely wanted to take off. But yeah, I, Third, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't go through the whole list, so. Yeah, don't even think twice about cross them out, send them, they're gone. Hypothetically, could we, um, could, couldn't we make that a condition of, of any approval that this cross-reference be be made so that we don't have to try and think of each and every, every item. item. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you could make a motion that uh, you approve the site plan with a note added that, and that's typically how it's um, covered, right? They'll put a note into the landscape plan that, that all species have been cross-checked by that missing website and they're not, you know, planting any of those. Yes, that's probably the best way to address it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, 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 we're two years away from, so we, we can absolutely, we can come up with a great, together, great plan. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. Any other comments from the board? All right, before we move to um, thinking about a motion or conditions for this application, we want to open up for public comments specifically for um, agenda item G that we are currently discussing at 3921 Oakland Drive. So um, if there are any public comments um, regarding 3921 Oakland Drive, um, please come to the microphone at the front of the room, state your name, address, and then you'll have um, three minutes to make your comments. Any comments from anybody here in the room today? Okay, are there any comments from the phone regarding um, agenda item G specifically? No callers at this time. Okay. Um, seeing no further comments or discussion from the board, can I entertain a motion to approve the NFP site plan application for construction phase at 3921 Oakland Drive, pending a cross-reference of the landscaping list with the Midwest information, Midwest Invasive Species Information Network list? I so move that. Several of us will move that, but I, I speak for and so move. Okay, I second that motion. Um, and then can we have a roll call vote on that, Jamie? Yes, Fuller. Yes. And if you can make sure to speak into the microphone. Yes. yes. Glasser? Yes. Leto? Yes. Martin? Yes. Sylvester? Yes. Thank you. Great. 
and appreciate you working with us and entertaining our uh, mm -hmm. thoughts here. Okay, um, moving to item H on the agenda, old business. Um, don't see any here. Jamie, is there any other old business? No old business at this time. Okay. Uh, item I on the agenda are staff updates. Um, sounds like we're still seeking applications for the board of directors. That is correct. The current NFP review board down to seven or six members. It's a seven member board. We've been putting out some advertisements on social media. It's up on the website. We're seeking applications uh, at this time. Uh, I have two, the city's received two applications. And so I would recommend here in the next month, we'll give it one more push, uh, advertise to any of your networks, uh, any folks who are joining us today. Uh, you can apply through the city's website and uh, there's a committee of this board who's gonna look at those applications, I would say here in the next month so that they can get um, some recommendations forward to this board. Okay. Is there any present members of the board that are close to being termed? Uh, we will look at, um, there would be some expirations here um, in the first half of this year for sure. Um, you would all still be able to um, sign on for another three-year term right. if uh, members choose to do that. So I'll reach out to anyone who's getting close to their right. term uh, figure out if there's um, anyone who's not interested in another term so we'll know any of our Good additional vacancies. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Anything else for staff updates? That's all. Okay. Uh, item J on the agenda, any uh, announcements, community relevant updates from uh, board members? Okay. With that, we can uh, adjourn the meeting. All right. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for leading tonight. <laughs> <laughs>